0: Goes every direction. Ross, where's Landon and Matt tonight? <clears throat>
1: Alright, so Landon is in England I believe trying to pretend like he is C.S. Lewis
0: <laughs> I think Matt is in Peoria <laughs> <laughs> um so, I thought it's like some fun way to keep keep things cuz my schedule is clear, you know, from 8:15 to 9:45 every other other Thursday, it's it's podcasting night. So, that being the case, um I thought it might be fun to do a little bit of an origin story if you will between Ross and I since Ross and I are here. Um and when the opportunity comes up, doing one between me and Matt, me and Landon, Landon and Ross, Ross and Matt, everyone sort of having their turn. Um, because I think in that sort of origin story, it gives a certain context to what motivates, what inspires, what makes the speech guys drink and think. Um, so that's, that's sort of where we are coming from here. Ross, where did we first meet?
1: Man, first
0: meet, as in, like, we're
1: introduced to one another? I have no idea.
0: But... <laughs> yeah, we never were actually introduced. I, let's let's make that official. Let's make it official. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my hands across the it's, to, it's good to finally meet you,
1: Mike. Um, the earliest back that I can remember, there was some sort of focus event... Probably at the Newman Center. And afterwards, everybody went to Legends, I believe.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then we're
1: hanging out at Legends. And for some reason, who knows, maybe Providence itself, (laughs) me and Mike ended up talking to one another, and in a masculine way, pretty much decided to go on a date. (laughs) That's what I remember. Yeah, that's true. That's what I remember.
0: Yeah, I remember it was a there was it was a focus talk given by Jeremy Rivera, I think was his name, yeah, and and um yeah it was legends. I think there may be like five or six of us that went there. Now what you forgot though, Ross, was a little bit more. It wasn't just um you know we sort of uh started talking first time. We had sort of seen each other around um i was expecting you to say i used to see you running around campus barefoot all the time well that's
1: a true statement i did used to see that
0: but that's that sort of primed the pump yeah yeah that was a brief phase that i went through running barefoot yeah and we sort of like make eyes at each other like we (laughs) would acknowledge each other (laughs) and it was very often like the exact same spot um is like kind of right behind Follinger, um, a little bit east of Follinger. Um, can you picture that spot? East of Follinger, yeah. I mean, I can picture yeah, east, east of, of Follinger. Follinger, behind it. But yeah, that was often. I mean, I can. Oh, I can. It's just. Oh, it's just so crisp. I can see you sort of like nodding, making your eyes up. Oh man,
1: <laughs> it's funny.
0: Um, but, so we were acquaintances. Yeah, that,
1: like if somebody would have said, "Who's that guy?" No, I would have said. no,
0: we weren't acquainted. We didn't even speak. I knew that you were Rob's younger right, brother. Right. That's what I mean.
1: Like if somebody, I would have known you were like a Newman Center person. I wasn't like that's yeah, a complete knew, stranger we, running barefoot. We
0: we knew of each exactly. other, Exactly. right? I think I remember at Legends that night we talked a lot about um, dating, romance, adventure. Um, and we've been talking about those things ever since. <laughs> it's actually the only <laughs> thing that we talk about. <laughs> um, our first date, our first platonic date was the Illini Absolutely. Inn, obviously. Yep, I remember Which that. I ran, I ran by that during the Champagne Half Marathon a month and a half ago. Man, that place, that place got yuppy. Yeah. Too many Chicago kids going there, I guess.
1: I know that they cleaned it up a lot. Since our days
0: We used to have to like Literally pick your leg up In order to get across the floor Like not just like step up You had to literally like get your hand Under your hamstring and So <laughs> walk across the floor I know we've
1: matured a lot So we probably wouldn't literally Like if we were back in college Some of the things like we probably wouldn't do The exact same things again But I will admit Just going to the line I end, Drinking a couple PBRs and seeing how many people we could get to sing "God Bless the USA," I might do that again.
0: I'm, we would oh definitely.
1: That's one thing I would. Yeah.
0: I mean, there wasn't anything else we did that was questionable. We weren't <laughs> dancing on the bar with our shirts off. <laughs> we were probably engaging more atheists in conversation than we would now.
1: Yeah. Is that good or bad though? I don't know. <clears throat> so we go to the Illini end. That was that was definitely our first. Was it just the two of us, though? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it definitely
0: yeah. was. Definitely. And then everyone started going. Then it became a spot for uh, Newman Nights.
1: Thursday Nights. Um, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah. And one thing that's like striking to me, I know I've said, well, I've said this uh, just in general conversation before, but it's the same with Landon, too, but with respect to graduate school, it's like it's so crazy. We were not friends until my last semester of college. I remember it was January of 2011 of when uh, Jeremy had his talk. Um, so, yeah, just a few short months. Man, that's wild.
1: That is actually kind of interesting. Cause you, so that was the spring of your senior year,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you have any friends from college that you made that late in the game?
1: You're probably the closest, though. Honestly, I didn't start hanging, like, interestingly enough. I mean, obviously, Landon I knew from freshman year on, but, like, Dan...
0: Well, that's a fun story of how you guys knew each other, but we'll, we'll save, save that, that for another for the, short. <laughs> the speech guy short.
1: <laughs> like, Dan, uh, Danny I did not meet until we were that same about time. We were just juniors, so, like, we had an extra year together. Um Yeah, so, I don't know, so Ross' life That spring of 2011 Like, that's the same time I started hanging out with Anna and Patty and Julie Like my now wife Um, So Yeah, so you and my wife I guess I'll put (laughs) you
0: Man, I mean I know I wasn't a best man at your wedding I mean, I was was a mere groomsman (laughs) But relative to me and Julie, relative to the amount of time we knew you, we really climbed the ranks. Versus like Rob, he knew you for like 25 years and he got best man. Like, gosh, that's not a real good rate of return.
1: (laughs) Uh That is, I mean, funny, but I guess it's something I never thought about. Like, not that it was a pivot point. Because, like, I don't know if I, like, changed direction. So that's not the right word. But, like, year that would impact my life moving forward, I guess, yeah. I will, I've will. i never thought about that before. But I would put spring of 2011 very high on the list. Um, mm, in a, wow. I guess, four-month period, I met, and or maybe not met, but started spending time with two people that were groomsmen in my wedding and my wife in a 4 month period. That's a Yeah, maybe maybe the most packed full period. 4 months of Ross's life. Wow. Outside of my first 4 months where I met Wait, both my who,
0: parents. Who was the other groom Huh? Other groomsman. Who is the other groomsman in that Danny. period?
1: Oh, yeah, so I oh yeah. met Mike and Danny.
0: Danny. I don't even remember him being a groomsman. <laughs> <laughs> he was <laughs> So what was Jeremy, so do you remember he, I remember when
1: you said that, I can, I would not have said that, but when you said that, I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar It was
0: something, something having to do with dating, I feel like. That was a fun
1: semester. We were at the Illini
0: and most Thursday nights. Yeah, we were, we were. That was my fat semester.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That, that November through March, 2010, 2011, that was a challenging time for my body acceptance. Wow. I think I weighed myself once. And it was a big number. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and I swore never again. I think one thing that sort of struck me and sort of like thinking about this period is thinking about like what got us both in that same place. Being like that sort of Newman community, that Catholic community. Um, cause that's obviously sort of like the, the fertile ground for all that stuff. Because if not, then you would just been another random guy that I was running past. (laughs) And so, you know, Ross is one year younger than me. I know it might not, it might seem like I'm 30 years older than him with all the wisdom that spews out of me. But, um... I lived at Newman Hall at U of I because that is where my sister lived, Lauren. And uh, I did many things that my older siblings did, like go to U of I or study agriculture or run or ride bicycles. And I, the whole Catholic community there, in the diocese of Peoria, was like um, sort of like being hit over the head with a two by four, but but in a generally good way. Because when I got there, I still remember my first mass that I went to there. It was 5 p.m. Saturday mass of moving day, and I remember I sat sort of in the back. I remember it was a sunny day, and I remember Billy. Billy was sitting like caddycore to me. I just made know we became acquaintances. But this whole like culture that was there of like kids going to daily mass with kids, you know, being college fellow college students, like going to daily mass and going to adoration, and uh, you know, going to these different talks and such. And I was actually just talking about this with someone recently in a different contest, context. I think to put like the finest point on it possible, feeling like I was seen, and that other people were seeing the same things in the broader context of life in the world was one of the things that like sort of struck me. In those first first couple of years, it sort of worked their way into my guts, in my soul. Um, and obviously, not everyone's going to experience that, um, but that was sort of the thing that got me into that general space. Ross, what, what was the thing that sort of got you into that general space? Because you did not live it. Yeah, so Newton. I was
1: an outsider. No. So interestingly, you said. So I also went to U of I because my siblings did and i also lived it
0: yeah ross is yep, also, also the youngest.
1: youngest went to u of i pretty much
0: okay, okay one more okay. sorry one more point that one thing i thought about recently almost all of my friends are the youngest all of my close friends yeah very few exceptions let, i'll mingle on that but uh yeah also
1: go to the u of i um 18, go to the U of I, pretty much because my siblings did, um, which yeah was a good choice for me at the time. Um, also lived at Neighbor House because my brother did. Neighbor House is an agriculture fraternity. For anybody doesn't know, um, I was not involved in agriculture. So that's a fun little fact. Um, but yeah, so kind of followed in my siblings, my brother's footsteps. My brother was still at Neighbor House when I went in there. Um, what attracted me to more the lifestyle or not the lifestyle, but the what kind of what you're describing. So my brother, I have a lot of respect for my older brother. Um he had kind of gotten involved in that space, I guess, while at U of I. So it was kind of an easy like follow him type thing. Um I actually think I gave a speech at his ordination party where I kind of talked about that like it was very just kind of following my brother and not in like a bad way like not like an uh, oh I can't make up my own mind but more like a he was able to do something that was um, attractive enough that you'd want to follow um, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that's what I like initially got me into the space was kind of following my brother but I don't know I think that's an important distinction not in like a sheepish, sheepish like I can't make up my mind but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, different type of way And then I think once I got into that space, I think, or started getting into the space or seeing the space, I think what drew me in probably the most was, I guess I was just attracted to a genuinely, just a genuine life, I guess, at that time, right? Like uh, a lot of college is, I mean, there's the stereotype of the drunken frat guy and like stereotypes have are right they're not perfect but they're based in something so like a lot of people kind of pursue that more like rebellious side of life when you're finally free but i feel like that was the first time i saw like we're not kids anymore in the sense that we're like bound by what our parents tell us but at the same time these people are like striving for good things and like high ideals and i just found that i think very i don't know if i could have like consciously come to this conclusion at the time but i think looking back um i was just kind of attracted to that like living a good full life um you know reading books doing fun things spending time with people not taking advantage of people like just that type of life um was pretty cool i thought so i think it kind of sucked me in
0: yeah i think you know um me and a few of my other friend well yeah, one one or two other friends in particular most have talked like about that post that post Newman um world because, you know, we're obviously um describing this population. You know, six hundred people lived at Newman You know, obviously not everyone who lives there is particularly active in their faith, if they're Catholic, even. Um, But then you obviously have people, you know, like you, who don't live there, but who are active in the community. Um, you know, so you're talking about, eh, you know, 150-ish people who are pretty, you know, well above the uh, one standard deviation of the average religious performance of a college student. Um... You have that 150 people or so, and just thinking about like where does everyone land? You know, now that we are 10 to 11 years out from then, is just really interesting. And even like within my closest friend group, groups um, from that space, and hearing how they articulate their faith and their interpretation of the world just really fascinating you know there's one more like an acquaintance who was in that space but and who had been like an egg not one of the like agnostic turned devout catholics um and now like i said not someone i talked to a lot but like five years ago i talked to him last and now he's an atheist again and i know that there's other individuals from that community who yeah per way above average you know going to daily Mass and who are now atheist or, or apathetic or something is and it's just yeah that's just fascinating what's going on inside each of those people um that that informs and and compels the the movement you know towards or or away from from Christ you know to put a the fine point on it
1: yeah obviously not to like assume or judge or anything like what led those people to make the decisions that they made because i actually don't know who you're talking about but um like i think i've heard i mean bishop baron has said this before and i don't know where he got it because i don't think this is his like original thought but um like we don't believe things based on one thing so It's not just like we like to think of ourselves, especially people right kind of under, I mean, our age or younger, maybe like, oh, yeah, we like science and rational thought and logic and stuff. But like in reality, people believe things based on some like reasonable things, whether that's science or logic, but also like who tells you it, who's around you like peer pressure, but not in, like, a pressure way, but just, like, what people around you believe. Like, there's so many different facets of, like, what cause us to think and believe the way that we do. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's probably why it's important, right? Like, John Paul II. Like, JP2 talks about, like, the importance of, like, evangelizing the culture, um, like, changing that type of thing because that's going to have an effect. Um, Yeah, so that's an interesting thought because I feel like, I don't know. I guess i don't think i knew as many newman people as you simply because i didn't live there so i think the people that i got to know were the Mm -hmm. ones that were more involved so probably the people that are still maybe practicing at least the faith
0: there's a like metaphor that sort of there's kind of like two like metaphors sort of like in in my brain uh over the past like year or so um I'll do the more like benign one first it's it goes something like this the church begins and ends with you and here here's sort of why like I think it's there's there's obviously like a certain like social weight to religious activity that has certain like power and value and, and utility but at the same time, it's also not like it's it's vitamin A. You just give a dose of religion to all of humanity and it just it it helps everyone. Like it's either one percent benefit or thirty percent benefit or no effect or, or whatever. It's it, it just has to be internalized and it's just such a like Contextual and nuanced and rich and textured way. And uh, yeah, (laughs) don't podcast scared. But I think like a really useful metaphor is like guns. In the right hand, a gun is a very powerful and useful thing. And in the wrong hand, it is the absolute worst thing in the world.
1: Don't stop there. I want to hear just a little bit more. Like, <laughs> make it an easier to understand metaphor. <laughs> make it more obvious.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let me let me just sit sit in my my quietness for, for a minute, minute. You know, it's it's like what. So I'm I'm bouncing back and forth between those two metaphors: the the gun metaphor and, um, sort of like social utility metaphor. Well, let me sort of like settle on the gun metaphors. I think there's more like interesting or takeaways with that. <clears throat> it's like, what what do you do with that? I won. I wonder, people from across the whole spectrum of um, uh, gun ownership and gun use would have to say about that that particular metaphor, where it's like if we if we outlaw guns tomorrow there's going to be a very clear outcome of that you know let's just say all gun all guns for simplicity right there's going to be very clear consequences of that some we could anticipate some we could not anticipate would society be better off um obviously in certain ways we would we would have no school shootings or virtually none but you would also be losing this entire dimension of um, you know particular outdoors lifestyle right with religion you know I think and Bishop Barron has commented on this before too you know the how he hates the song Imagine by John Lennon and I, I hate this song too for the exact same reasons it's like okay we're gonna get rid of religion because all of, of all of these terrible things that it has legitimately caused. But then you lose out on this very rich dimension of the human experience. And so it's just like like what what do you do with that information? How does how does that inform one's interpretation of these different dimensions of life? um and i'm not like trying to trying to get at the point of i I don't want to go like too far with the gun metaphor though and this is why you should get rid of guns or this is why we should keep all guns or anything like that i'm just i'm just presenting the two metaphors as like an interesting sort of like corollary between the two because both things are like very powerful in many cases you know people sort of scoff at this but like Religion does have the power to give and take away life. Um, I believe very strongly that whether that's with respect to someone is just so depressed because there's no meaning of life or because of someone's martyrdom because they choose to die for their faith or because of, you know, the thousand different things in between. Like religion does have this profound capacity to take you to the edges um it's not just this foofy little thing um for some people it is obviously but yeah like i said just more sort of like artistically exploring those two two different ideas and i honestly forget like my connectivity to 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 newmanites uh based upon that that metaphor but hopefully still yeah i'll explore just a
1: little bit more to see if we can get anything out of it but um to try to like connect it like it reminds me a little bit so like kind of like you said guns can be good or bad right like they're very powerful either way and religion can be a similar thing i feel like why maybe and to kind of like connect it to my what i had said about you know we don't believe things because of just one thing so like at Newman we I think we oh, saw it right lived very powerfully in the good way so we saw people that like yeah like they were right. awesome they yeah. were living life to the full they were fun they weren't you know puritanical they were smart they were very joyful contented life yeah and that was a huge part of their life and like that was very attractive and I think that that's probably not the most common way that most people
0: see it. So,
1: like, once when they leave Newman,
0: yeah. Right. I mean, if I had never, right. never gone to school there, I would have never seen that, you know?
1: Like, that's kind of a sad thing. It's true. I mean, I would have been in the same boat. But I think that's why, like, so many people are attracted to that, is like, hey, like, I kind of believe this. I kind of think this way. And then I see people just doing it so well like so complete and not just like going to mass every day, but just like clearly impacting the way they deal with everything. So like Jeremy Rivera was giving a talk on dating, like they were able to tell us like, you know, based on our beliefs, like this is how you should date people. And even that made sense, you know? Um, And then you leave that community and it's like, if you aren't around those same people, yeah, it seems like it might be harder to, Accept some of the things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I get it's like, it's a simultaneous rebuttal and agreement with what you're saying. It's like, yeah, it can be harder to believe those things once you leave that community. But like in, in my mind, once you leave that space, it's like, if I do not, if I do not operate in a way as if I'm still in that space with respect to like chastity, sobriety, excellence, especially chastity just calling it for what it is <laughs> um i think back on those times it's like well was that a lie were you just like doing it to make people like you um or like were you just mindless during then Get- yeah there, there's like a certain like internal consistency that like needs to be there for me and i think that's the best explanation or at least one substantial explanation for why i mean it sounds like i'm trying to brag but i'm trying to like make a point why well all of us why we still operate like we are still there
1: yeah i agree with your saying but i think i would also say it's harder to do it though when you're not there like I don't know. And a lot of maybe in some ways, yes, in some ways, no, but
0: there's as president Obama has said about Syria, there are certain red lines that are relatively easy to not cross. I think obviously, you know, not going to daily mass every day, but yeah, there's like red lines, like, no, I'm absolutely not going to do this or do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of have thought about that in a way, just like, it's almost like life is so difficult or can be so difficult that like we are lucky enough to have that experience to pretty much form us to go take on the difficult. If that makes sense. Like without Newman, there's absolutely no way I would have been living a Catholic life in the world today. You know what I mean? Like if they just threw me into the situation, man, now like, because it's, right. it's harder, you know, it's harder to take time to pray every day and go to Mass when you have a full-time job and three kids. Like, there's just no other, like, that's just a fact. So, like, right. if I hadn't had yeah. that foundational four years, and for me, like, two years, really, like, there's no way I'd be able to do it. So, it's almost like, I feel like that kind of ties in to what I was going to say earlier. Like, it's interesting how many people say they wish they could go back to college, but No matter, and I'm sure not everyone says that, but I feel like no matter what type of life they lived in college, college seems attractive to them. So, like, the guys that were, Mm. and I don't mean to, like, speak down on people, but to, like, to to paint pictures and to make a stereotype. The people that are out at cams getting drunk and drinking, like, even at age 35, kind of wish they were still doing that. And then the people that were at the Newman Center going to daily mass and reading books, blah, 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 like part of us kind of wishes we were still doing that. So it's just interesting, like uh, that small, I mean, average length of life, we'll say 80 years to make math easier, even though it's probably more than that now, like you got four years of that. It's like a very small slice of your life. And that's what you want, even yeah. though that's not really like real life. That's not childhood. That's not adulthood. Like, is that bad? Like, are we, like, should we be doing more of that? Or I don't know. Just that's an interesting thought to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I understand your point. I don't think that's bad. I think it's just, it is what it is. Um,. You know, I think something that's sort of relevant to some of the things that you said. Um, you know, I f- I feel like you can agree or disagree. I give you permission. Um, as the youngest, it just I feel like I've spent so much of my life watching other people. Um, I mean that that's just. I mean, in many ways, that's – well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there has – it just makes me a very reflective person because that's what I spent most – a lot of my childhood doing is watching other people and wondering, like, why they do things the way they do, whether it's it's my parents or older siblings or – the family and friends that were around them. It's, it's just like the default condition that that is what you will do. If you are in that space all the time.
1: All right. So clearly college important in our lives, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I don't know. So to continue with our origin story, just to play with it a little bit, not our origin, but our continuation story, I guess like, I have some college friends that were, I was pretty close with in college. I don't talk to as much anymore. So to cr- try to think through like why we, we remained close friends, I guess. Um, so you became the campus minister at Bradley, right? And I was a senior. And you drove right. back pretty often to hang out at um, Lincoln Green or whatever it was, right?
0: Uh, yeah, probably every Mondays were off for us in ministry, and <laughs> it was, it was probably a, a solid okay. two times per month I headed back out east. So you kept coming back yeah. to Champaign. We did some Illinians, probably. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. I, now that we're...
1: I remember going to Lincoln, well, no, because that would have been, well, sounds whatever, right. um, we well, you would come back and we'd hang out some. We'll put it that way. Um, and then obviously, I go to Bradley for PT school right as you're leaving, Bradley. But you were there, You were still there for the summer, I believe, right? Is that what it was? Okay. Man, and that's where Matt comes into the story. Well, at least my story. He'd been in Mike's for nine months by now. <laughs> oh, man. So we should save those specific stories for his yep. that, maybe. We don't want to get too much into it. But and then, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to think of where you went after that. You just went right back to Champagne?
0: <laughs> yeah, it went full time back to Champagne another three years.
1: And then we shouldn't, <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't go too much into it. I feel like Stillwater is where yeah. things really started brewing.
0: Right. Yeah. We were like a crock pot. <laughs> really took time to We heat were on low up. heat. <laughs> yeah. That's funny.
1: what are your top three memories from our friendship nah it's too much top two memories
0: um driving you into a guardrail (laughs) number two I mean, probably our first camping trip post-graduate school in February 2016, which really helped spark this stage three, episode three, where you didn't like my burnt spaghettio dinner.
1: <laughs> I would probably not say the guardrail incident because I don't remember it. <laughs> So therefore, it cannot be a top memory. Um, (laughs) Though, to just tie everything together, when I met Julie, I had a bright red eye. She still says that, talks about that. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. All the blood
1: vessels had burst in my eyes, so instead of white, it was just red.
0: Um, (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, just now, so we don't just keep teasing the audience here. Um... Yeah, we are doing the good old-fashioned activity of car sledding, whereby you have one driver pull a multitude of persons behind on a rope on toboggan, plastic toboggans. And, um, I was doing the driving of Ross's, uh, classic Ford Ranger, and coming across a bridge, him and three other friends, all on separate sleds, but on the same rope, um, I was going a measly 25 miles per hour, and Ross foolishly did not let go of the rope before he hit the guardrail. He was just so committed to sledding hard. (laughs) Well, he sledded hard. (laughs) Yeah, he hit the guardrail right on the square of his head going 25 miles an hour. (laughs) And, uh, I do recall later My mom
1: having conversation with me About stopping doing dangerous things <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah I believe uh, Vince Kenny The uh, failed member of the last episode Was one member and, I think Chris, uh, Chris took me to the hospital uh,
1: Chris, Chris Komorowski Now father Chris Komorowski I believe
0: um, That's right yeah, yeah 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 Because me and Vince and Danny kept slutting <laughs> I feel
1: like top two memories, I'm going to collectively say Illini Inn because I don't have like, I mean, I have several memories of being there, obviously, but like I'll just put out as a collective memory.
0: Can I put a fine point on that particular memory because I don't feel like we did it justice earlier. So when at the Illini Inn, they had a good old-fashioned digital jukebox, I guess not old-fashioned, but new one. And uh, I'd go around like collecting quarters from people. And, uh, we, we'd play some fun, you know, like little Kenny Chesney, little Bruce Greenstein, little Tom Petty, and, uh, but we'd always finish with, um, what was his name? Lee Greenwood, I think is his cover of it. God bless the USA. We'd get, we obviously get our group of about five, six, 70 people there into our little huddle. And you know It was expected that you sort of like Moved to the song <laughs> Cleaning your glasses At the precise point Man a lot of really special I remember songs. giving
1: a lot of thought to the first Like I remember trying my mind to set it up Like a baseball lineup So like picking the music To put the people in the mood To sing with us for that song So like the first song is the lead off hitter So it's like you just gotta get yeah. on bass so, like, you need something that people like. And then, mm-hmm. like, the second batter, like, your job should advance the leadoff hitter. So, you got to get them to second base and get into scoring position. And then, like, so we needed something just to kind of keep them interested. And then at that point, they're a beer in, they're interested, then you can hit like, throw the good stuff at them. Um, I remember putting a lot of thought into the, the music lineup. I would put second memory... You you mentioned oh sorry, can I give my second memory?
0: Um, breaking into it, breaking into Anna and Patty's apartment. That's definitely climbing a memory. Up a rope or something.
1: <laughs> I got to show off my climbing skills.
0: <laughs> Ross is I've seen it. He's he's very good at climbing so, up so buildings. Pretty
1: much a modern day Spider Man. <laughs> um, I feel like you already said our first camping trip, which I'd put on pretty high on the list but um just to give a second memory well i'll just say stillwater was a good memory that was a nice advancement of the friendship we lived together post-college and that Mm -hmm. was like a nice like not quite full grown-ups with full-time jobs but we're also out of college so a nice like transition period
0: again my last uh semester of graduate school and where i met landon for the first time the the twilight the so moral of the story is always hanging in there until the last semester don't, don't go get that early job <laughs> you might not be able to make a podcast later on <laughs> so Ross what do we have going on next episode
1: so next episode <clears throat> we're going to go back into the sci-fi series I believe And listen to a little bit of 2001, the Space Odyssey. Don't get confused. It was not made in 2001. But um, (laughs) to talk a little bit more about sci-fi, artificial intelligence, maybe even the meaning of being human, I'm not sure where Landon's going to take us on this trip.
0: Well, he's not going to be there still. So he'll
1: take us (laughs) nowhere. (laughs) I'm not sure where we will end up. Maybe Maybe like a... Call it like a sci-fi landed Molitus.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Well, an AI landed. Yeah. That's the plan. Bonus. Bonus. Uh. Bonus speech guys content here because we'll get we'll get this one posted. Um. Probably mid next week and. uh, And get the other one posted maybe by uh by next Sunday. So I'm gonna
1: give a quick shout out because last night I got the first ever conversation with someone who was a speech guys listener that I did not tell directly to listen to an episode so <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> thanks for listening will lead us to a better place
0: will lead us to a better place